Good morning. I'm James Holman from The Washington Post, and this is The Daily 202 for Tuesday, July 23rd. In today's news, the Justice Department directs Bob Mueller not to answer a wide swath of questions when he testifies tomorrow. The Agriculture Secretary introduces a plan that would kick 3 million Americans off food stamps. And Boris Johnson is poised to become the next British Prime Minister. But first, the big idea. The Trump administration today will significantly expand its power to quickly deport undocumented immigrants who have illegally entered the United States within the past two years using a fast-track deportation process that bypasses immigration judges. Officials at DHS call the new strategy a necessary response to the influx of Central Americans and others at the southern border. It will allow immigration authorities to quickly remove immigrants from anywhere they encounter them across the country, and they expect this will help alleviate the immigration court backlog and free up space in the jails that belong to Immigrations and Customs Enforcement. The stated targets of the change are people who sneaked into the U.S. and don't have asylum cases or immigration court dates pending. Previously, the administration's policy for expedited removal had been limited to migrants caught within 100 miles of the U.S. border who had been in the country for less than two weeks. The new rule applies to immigrants anywhere in America who have been in the country for less than two years. That time limit is compliant with a 1996 federal law that authorized an expedited process. It means that immigrants apprehended in Iowa, Nebraska, or other inland states will have to prove to immigration authorities that they've been in the U.S. continuously over the past two years, or they can end up in an immigration jail facing lightning deportation. And it could be relatively low-level junior immigration officers, not officers of a court, who were making this decision. Nearly 300,000 of the approximately 11 million unauthorized immigrants in the U.S. right now could be subject to expedited removal under this plan, according to the Nonpartisan Migration Policy Institute. The typical undocumented immigrant has lived in the U.S. for 15 years, according to the Pew Research Center. Immigration lawyers say the expansion is unprecedented and effectively gives U.S. agents the power to issue deportation orders without bringing immigrants before judges or giving them due process or letting them speak to a lawyer. Royce Murray of the American Immigration Council vowed to challenge the new policy in court, saying this broadened authority allows DHS to essentially be both prosecutor and judge. Immigration advocates worry that the policy could ensnare longtime legal residents or even U.S. citizens who have been deported in error before. Vanita Gupta, president of the Leadership Conference on Civil and Human Rights, says this is going to lead to increased racial profiling and turn ICE into what she calls a show-me-your-papers militia. Meanwhile, things are getting hairier on the front lines. An 18-year-old U.S. citizen has been in Border Patrol detention now for three weeks in Dallas. His family fears he may be deported. The Dallas Morning News has the whole story in today's paper. The teen, Francisco Irwin Galicia, was detained at a checkpoint in Dallas while traveling with his 17-year-old brother, Marlon, who lacks legal status. Marlon signed a voluntary deportation form and was sent to Mexico. But Francisco, who was born in Texas, is still in detention with little access to a telephone. The ICE detainee locator system shows he's being held in Persil and lists him as being born in Mexico. San Juana Galicia, Francisco's mother, says she lived in Dallas from 1998 to 2001 and then moved to South Texas after his birth. She says the government's not letting her show them proof that he's a U.S. citizen, 
and she notes that he's been a good kid who's never gotten into any trouble. He just got caught at a checkpoint. Meanwhile, in Tennessee, ICE agents attempted to arrest a man yesterday after he got into his van with his young son. But then their neighbors formed a human chain around the van to allow them to get into their home. Over four hours, their neighbors brought water and food to the man as he and his son sat in the van, trying to outweigh the ICE agents. But eventually, the neighbors created the human chain that allowed the father and son to get into their home without being stopped by the federal agents. The reason this was possible is that ICE had an administrative warrant, which doesn't allow them to forcibly remove someone from their home or vehicle. But the ICE agents promised they'll be back. And that's the big idea. Here are three other headlines that should be on your radar. Number one, the Justice Department last night directed Bob Mueller not to answer a wide variety of questions about his Russia investigation when he testifies on Wednesday. The Associate Deputy Attorney General said in a letter that he was responding to a request earlier this month from the former special counsel for guidance. Mueller was told to, quote, not go beyond the public version of his March report on his findings. They also told him not to answer questions about anything that was redacted from the report or to discuss the ongoing prosecution of former Trump advisor Roger Stone, because there's a gag order from the judge in that case. The final portion of the letter, though, makes a broad, vague admonition not to discuss any matters that could be covered by executive privilege. That's a legally and factually complicated assertion that could, in theory, cover basically every topic given that Mueller's task was to investigate Trump while working inside the executive branch. Jim Popkin, who's been tapped to help Mueller handle media inquiries in advance of his testimony, says that the former special counsel will read an opening statement in addition to submitting his full report for the record. Popkin said no one at DOJ has seen Mueller's opening statement, and it likely won't be released until Mueller starts his testimony around 8.30 a.m. Eastern time on Wednesday. Number two. The U.S. Department of Agriculture proposed new rules this morning to limit access to food stamps for households with savings and other assets, a measure that officials say will cut benefits to about 3 million people. In a telephone call with reporters last night to preview the policy, Secretary of Agriculture Sonny Perdue said the proposed new rules for the Supplemental Nutritional Assistance Program, what's known as SNAP, are aimed at ending automatic eligibility for those who are already receiving federal and state assistance through other programs like Medicaid. Current rules give states latitude to raise SNAP income eligibility limits so that low-income families with housing and child care costs that consume a sizable share of their income can continue to receive help so that their kids can get enough food to eat. Senator Debbie Stabenow, the top Democrat on the Senate Agriculture Committee, says Trump's trying to make an end run around Congress, which blocked an earlier proposal that was quite similar to this in the Farm Bill. She says this rule will take food away from families, prevent children from getting meals at school, and make it harder for states to administer food assistance to the neediest. The Trump team responded that tightening eligibility will save taxpayers $2.5 billion a year. But who is that money coming from exactly? To be eligible for the SNAP program, a household's gross income at the federal level must be below 130% of the poverty line. Right now, that works out to $32,000 a year for a family of four. In other words, the benefit amounts to $1.40 per person per meal. Imagine living on that. Number three, Boris Johnson is widely expected to be announced later this morning as the next British prime minister after the results of the Conservative Party leadership elections are announced in London. 
the bombastic Latin-quoting Oxford classicist with the mop of intentionally must yellow hair, made his name as an over-the-top journalist in Brussels and then as mayor of London. He galvanized the successful Brexit campaign in 2016. When he likely walks through the black enameled doors of 10 Downing Street, he'll fulfill what his biographers describe as a relentless lifelong ambition to follow his hero, Winston Churchill, into the top spot. Writing an op-ed in today's Telegraph, Johnson says it is time that his country recovered some of its can-do spirit. He said that if the Americans could land men on the moon 50 years ago using hand-sewn bits of computer code, then 21st century Britain surely could imagine a way to provide for frictionless trade across the northern Irish border. That's a reference to one of the big stumbling blocks in the Brexit negotiations. On Wednesday, Theresa May will deliver her final remarks as Prime Minister at a question and answer session in the House of Commons. Then she will travel to Buckingham Palace to resign. Johnson will follow her to the palace, or Queen Elizabeth II will name him Prime Minister and ask him to form a new government. Johnson will be the 14th Prime Minister during this Queen's long reign. And that's The Daily 202 for Tuesday, July 23rd. Thanks as always for listening. We'd love to know what you like or don't like about this podcast. Take our survey and be entered into a sweepstakes for $500 Amazon gift cards at WashingtonPost.com slash 202 survey. Thanks so much again. I'm James Holman. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Hi, it's Lillian Cunningham, host of the Washington Post's presidential and constitutional podcasts. Come with me on my next podcast journey, Moonrise. Moonrise reexamines the story you thought you knew about why we went to the moon. I dig into newly declassified documents and presidential records, closed door political deals, the Cold War nuclear arms race, and even the history of science fiction to tell a new story about space. It's one that's darker, but also truer than the story you've probably heard before. And it has a lot to tell us about ourselves as Americans and as humans. Subscribe now on your favorite podcast app or at WashingtonPost.com slash Moonrise.